So over the past few weeks, we have been going through the book of Ephesians, and today we are going to continue talking about Ephesians as we um, read Ephesians 3, verses 14 through 21. Up until this point in the book of Ephesians, Paul has been talking about our identity in Christ. And the first three chapters are of Paul telling the Ephesians of the good news of, the good news of what God has done for them. So as a quick recap, uh, in chapter 1, Paul talks about the blessings that we have received from God, that we are adopted, chosen by God, and are given this great inheritance in Christ. In Ephesians 2, Paul is talking about how we are made alive in Christ, that through faith we have been saved and that our salvation is a gift from God. Uh, Paul also talks about how Christ has come to save both the Jews and the Gentiles, and that they are both to be reconciled in Christ. And at the beginning of chapter 3, Paul is tar- talking about this marvelous plan that God has for the Gentiles, that they too are part of this promise of God. And it's been pretty clear that, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, it's been pretty clear that up to this point, Paul is really emphasizing our identity in Christ and Christ's love for us. In our passage today from Ephesians 3, verses 14 and 21, um, we will see this theme of God's love for us again as Paul prays for the Ephesians. But before we read today's passage, let us pray. Our Lord and our God, now as we hear your word, fill us with your spirit. Soften our hearts that we may delight in your presence and sharpen our minds so that we may discern your truth. Shape our wills so that we may desire your ways, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And now let us read today's passage from Ephesians 3, verses 14 through 21. Hear the word of our God. For this reason, for this reason, sorry, for this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. Um, I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know that this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. So when I was younger, my parents decided that it was time for us to get a bigger house. Um, They had four kids, and it just seemed that we were outgrowing our small little ranch home. And so they decided to build a house. And so they got a blueprint, they purchased the property, they got everything in line so they could start building. And I vividly remember that it was a cold, snowy day in Michigan when they had us climb into our family minivan and um, go out to this field in in the middle of nowhere. I remember being bundled up in this bright, puffy blue coat, wearing a hat and mittens, and when we climbed out of the car, I was handed a shovel. And we all marched off to this spot in the middle of the field, and we started to dig a hole. And um, when we broke the ground, we were establishing that this was the place that our family was going to 
make our new home. We are laying down the foundation for the home that we are going to live in for the years to come. And in a similar way, Paul has spent the last three chapters of this letter to the Ephesians laying down the foundation of what the Ephesians need to know as they follow Christ. He's talking about the basics of the Christian faith and is tying everything that he has been teaching them up to until this point um, and wrapping it together in this prayer for them. He is once again emphasizing this love that Christ has for them, that he has for all of them, for both the Jews and the Gentiles. He really wants the church in Ephesus to know the foundation of their faith, to know and understand the basics. And so what Paul is doing in this prayer is he is laying, he is breaking the ground and establishing that for all believers, Christ was going to make his home within them. His words in this prayer are powerful as what he is praying for is going to be foundational for their life and for their walk with Christ. And so he starts this prayer by saying, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. This is not just a casual prayer that Paul is praying for. He bows before God, and he makes these requests known to God. Kneeling, as most of us know, is a posture of humility. And bowing before God, he is boldly praying for the believers in Ephesus. Um, and he's taking time at the beginning of the prayer to acknowledge and to make known um, the one of whom he is praying to. It's also worth noting that he is acknowledging that every family in heaven and on earth derives its name from the Father. In other words, both the Jews and the Gentiles have a spiritual identity that is rooted in Christ. Paul has this rich desire for the church, for both the Jews and the Gentiles, uh, that they would know this love that Christ has for them and that they would experience a life full um, of Christ within them. And without knowing this foundation of their faith, they would not be able to experience the fullness of God. And so he humbly comes before God, asking that the Ephesians would be able to grasp everything that he has taught them up until this point, and that they would apply it to their lives and to live it. So Paul prays for a few things for the church in Ephesus. The first thing that he is praying for is that out of his glorious riches, Christ may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Paul is praying that believers would be strengthened with power. He's not talking about some earthly physical power, but rather a spiritual power. He wants Christ to open their hearts to the good news, to the fullness of Christ's love, and so that Christ may dwell within them for a lifetime. In 2 Corinthians 4.16, it says, Therefore we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. So even when their bodies become old and frail and start becoming weak, they will be strengthened through Christ's love and his power. Through Christ dwelling in their hearts through faith, they are going to be transformed from the inside out. And the purpose of this request is that Christ would dwell in their hearts through faith. Paul is not praying that the Ephesians would get more of what they want or become powerful among earthly standards. And I think when we think of power, we often think about it in earthly terms. But Paul isn't praying for this. Instead, he is praying that the inner parts of us will become places where Christ can dwell and can make his home. He is asking that God would dwell within them. And I think this word dwell is especially significant as it implies that this isn't just a temporary visit. 
Paul doesn't want the spirit just to be a guest in their house for a couple of days and um, a guest in their hearts, but he's wanting Christ to become a permanent resident within them. He's praying that Christ would make a permanent place in their hearts and in their lives. And because this is a permanent residency, um, it implies that they are going to become transformed through Christ. This is an intimate, sincere, lifelong transformation that Paul is praying for. Paul's prayer isn't just that we know or say or do the right things, but instead that we are being transformed through Christ working in our lives and in our hearts. And it's that we would experience a life that is transformed in and through Christ. So Paul continues in verse 17 saying, I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. Reading this, I am initially drawn to the words rooted and established. And I think often when we hear these words, we often imagine a tree or a plant growing um, in a pot. And so the more that the plant grows, um, the deeper its roots become, and the more firm and secure the plant is in the place that it has been planted. Um, the roots nurture the plant, it provides stability, and it helps the plant to continue growing and to bear more fruits later on. So here, Paul is praying that the believers in Ephesus would be rooted in a similar way. Paul wants believers to be so deeply rooted in the knowledge and power of Christ's love that they are stable in their faith and are able to grow and become more spiritually mature. Another way to think about this is the foundation of a house. Um, so normally once the ground is prepared, they pour cement on the house, which um, needs to be prepared in such a specific way that this foundation that has been laid can lift up and hold up the house and everything in it. It needs to be secure and able to withstand anything that could come its way. Um, and so the foundation of faith is being deeply rooted in Christ's love, and this allows for us to be so secure in our faith that we are able to continue growing in the Spirit. Um, as part of this foundation that Paul is praying for, he asks that the Ephesians would be able to grasp how wide and how long, how deep and high is Christ's love for them. God's love is so deeply rooted. Love is at the foundation um, of their relationship with Christ. And without this love, the foundation would be weak and it would make it almost or very difficult for them to be transformed. So Paul really emphasizes this love and, what the, um, and that it is way far beyond what the Ephesians can imagine. Um, he says it in the words of, um, it is wide, long, high, and deep. And in other words, he is saying that this love stretches out um, far beyond all of creation. It is within their inner being, but it's also found in every nook and cranny of creation. There is not a place on this earth and um, in all that God has made that this love is not found. It's limitless, and it extends throughout all of time. This love can be found in seasons of despair and discouragement just as much as it is found in seasons of joy and celebration. It's indeed a love far beyond what they can imagine and what they can comprehend. But Paul really wants them to grasp and to know this love. And in knowing this, that they are going to be rooted in this love and that they would be transformed through it. He wants believers to be able to find security, stability, 
peace and comfort in the love of Christ. And Paul continues his prayer in verse 19, praying that they know and grasp the love of God, that they would know that this love that surpasses knowledge, that they may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. He doesn't just want believers to know the deep, limitless love of God that goes beyond all that they can imagine, but Paul's deepest desire is that they are filled with the fullness of Christ. Paul's prayer isn't just that we know Christ's love, but that we really grasp it. Knowing of God's love that is something that surpasses our knowledge. The greatness and fullness of God's love is hard for us to comprehend at times because it's far different from the love that we might have for a spouse or a significant other, for our children, or for anything or anyone else on this earth. It's way deeper than the love that we know here. And the result of knowing and being filled with this love is found in the end of verse 19 where it says, that they would be filled to, all the, uh, to the measure of all the fullness of God. In other words, the result of knowing this love is that we are going to become more spiritually mature and be transformed and to become all that God is calling us to be. So Paul concludes his prayer with a doxology in verses 20 and 21, where he says, Now unto him who is able to do immeasurably more, than all we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. So there's a couple things that I want us to know about this doxology. First, Paul's overarching desire isn't that we receive all the glory, but instead that um, he makes it known that it is God who's to receive all the glory. Throughout his entire prayer and throughout this entire book of Ephesians, he is pointing everything back to Christ. That it is only through Christ that we are being transformed and that we receive this great love. That it is through Christ that we are adopted and receive this inheritance. And as we pray for Christ to work in our lives and take residencies in our hearts, we must be careful to remember that we need to give God all the glory because he is the one who deserves it. Secondly, he is acknowledging the greatness of Christ, saying that Christ does far more than we could ever imagine. And the more we become rooted and established in this love, the more spiritually mature we are. God is continuing to work within us, and he does far more than we could ever do on our own. Um, there is no limit to what God can do in and through us. He can transform even the toughest and most broken down of hearts and homes and completely transform them and make them new again. It is Christ who can completely change a heart. And we serve a God who does things that are far beyond what we could ever imagine possible. God wants to make a permanent residency with it in our hearts. He doesn't want to just be a guest that stays for a couple of days, but he wants to live within us for a lifetime. He wants to completely transform us in his strength and power and through his love. So have you opened your home, your heart, to this infinite love that Christ has for you? This includes your physical home as well as your spiritual home. Are you opening your heart to dwell in faith and to allow Christ to transform your life? The love of Christ is extremely powerful as it is the foundation of our life. Where is your spiritual identity rooted? May it be Christ who is the foundation and the root of our spiritual identity. Let us pray together.
Heavenly Father, your love for us is far beyond what we can comprehend. Help us to have knowledge of your deep love for us so that we may be strengthened by your power and be rooted in your love. We pray that you may find a permanent residency within us and that we may be transformed by your love. In Christ's name, amen. <laughs>